Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. That's the sound of a sale being made on your new Shopify store. And while client payments may require weeks or months of work, you can start generating a semi-passive income to grow your business by setting up a Shopify store all of your own. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your latest designs on shirts or bags or adding something totally different to your business, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. You can sell online, you can sell in person, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. With Shopify, you can set up your store in minutes and start selling immediately. And Shopify's award-winning support is there to help you as you go. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash freelance. That's all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash freelance to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash freelance or click the link in our show description and start waking up to this. Season two of Freelance to Founder is brought to you by Andco. At Andco, they pair you with a real-life human being and a cutting-edge app to help you start, manage, and scale your freelance business. To learn more and try Andco free today, visit and.co. That's A-N-D dot C-O. Season two is also supported by Audioblocks. We use Audioblocks to find unique, quality music for the stories we tell on Freelance to Founder. And now you can get access to their library of over 130,000 sound clips for just 99 bucks per year by visiting audioblocks.com slash founders. That's audioblocks.com slash founders with an S. Now enjoy this episode of Freelance to Founder, brought to you by Milo. I had been sitting kind of on this idea for um, many years. And um, when I first came up with these first few tricks, I was, I was working at Yahoo at the time and I'd written them in a notebook. And uh, then forgot about it and came across it again seven years later and I was working in Google um, and really wanted to finish it and thought it was funny, but was really scared um, that people were going to think that I was making fun of them, particularly my coworkers. For Milo, I'm Brandon Hull, and this is Freelance to Founder. If you've lived even a week in the corporate world, you've witnessed numerous tricks people employ to appear smart in meetings. Witnessed being the key phrase there, surely you've never used them, right? Well, Sarah Cooper wrote a full book on the subject. The hilarious 100 tricks to appear smart in meetings hit the bookstores in October 2016. A full year later, in the crowded category of business and professional books, it still sits as the number 56 bestseller at Amazon.com. She's got a 4.6 rating at Amazon and has consistently received great press on the book. I had a chance to catch up with Sarah to learn more about how a simple list of 10 observations on the subject took on a life of its own. It's moved her from full-time designer and freelance writer to full-time author and speaker. 
She currently writes and produces videos at her own site, thecooperreview.com, and they're every bit as good as the book. Here's an example. First, I want to say how excited I am to be here. Super thrilled about the opportunities. I am pumped. I am stoked. I am so super stoked. What we're doing here at this company is groundbreaking, game-changing, life-changing, world-changing, change-changing, changing the nature of change. Everything we do, we are going to be doing at massive scale. Leadership at scale. Engineering at scale. Product at scale. Design at scale. Scale at scale. Let me ask you guys, what would you do if you could do anything? Okay, we can't do that. Think bigger, think smaller, think somewhere between those two things. What is our North Star? What's the net net? What is the right product market fit aspect ratio thingy? You're the expert. I'm gonna trust you to make all the decisions on this, except this one. I'm gonna just take a crack at this one. Well, I've accepted another position at another company and I couldn't be more excited or more thrilled. Uncharted waters for me and I feel fortunate, feel ready to be moving on to those new challenges. Well, that's the audio from one of Sarah's recent video posts at the Cooper Review titled, How to Be a Leader at Work. Excerpts from Sarah's book have taken the internet by storm. The book itself, though, only came about because of that initial list of 10 observations she scribbled down on a piece of paper years ago. It was only when she dusted it off to post it at medium.com that the floodgates opened, within hours. But before any of that happened, Sarah was an interface designer during the day, but a wannabe actor and comedian at night. Uh, my parents kind of discouraged me from my, my true love, which was uh, theater and, and performing because um, they wanted me to get something that was a little bit more practical and that could possibly make me a little bit more money than um, being an actress. And so um, I found uh, digital design uh, through that. And um, it was something that I really did enjoy and still love. Um, I just, you know, being in Photoshop just felt like, you know, that not even, it didn't even feel like work to me. And uh, so um, I got a graduate degree at Georgia Tech um, in digital design and uh, went on to um, work at an uh, interactive ad agency. Um, but I kind of never forgot that sort of dream of, of being an actress and um, was always sort of doing things on the side, whether it was, um, you know, auditioning for plays or doing, uh, you know, commercials or things like that. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
compares the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. The acting bug stuck with Sarah. She continued after the craft at night, even when she moved into her job at Yahoo. There was just one problem. And you've got to listen because most freelancers never encounter this. Or at least they don't admit they've encountered it. I, you know, ended up at Yahoo and I kind of got to a point after a few years at Yahoo where I thought I'd gotten as far as I kind of wanted to go with uh, the design career and uh, really wanted to pursue acting again. Um, And so when I left Yahoo, I decided to uh, really take the acting seriously and really go for it and do freelance design on the side, um, which kind of helped support me. Um, But unfortunately, I was not as good at acting as I wanted to be. In fact, I was was pretty bad at it. Um, And I kind of noticed that, you know, sort of the things that made me a good designer, which is, you know, being able to create something that is very predictable that people can, you know, look at and know exactly what it's going to do, um, don't really work for acting because in acting, you want to be unpredictable. You want to be surprising. You want to do things that um, people aren't expecting. And um, that's really, really hard to do, you know, after 10, 11, 12 takes. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's so, it's so interesting to me and the thing that I respect so much about great acting and even great stand-up comedy is that, you know, the same joke or the same line can be given so many times, but it always feels like the first time, which is a really hard skill to, um, to get. Wow. And it sounds all so rosy, huh? Sure. She gave up her dream of becoming a full-time comedian, let alone an actor, but it is Google and she loved it. She met her husband there. But she continued to do comedy on the side and would even invite co-workers to see her shows. A freelancing comedian, but aren't most of them. That's when she stumbled across her notebook with her 10 tricks to appear smart in meetings. She thought, why not post it? And so um, I pretty much tried everything. I was, you know, doing acting classes and improv and sketch and um, singing and, you know, all kinds of 
classes, but the one thing I hadn't tried is stand-up comedy, and I thought that maybe if I could, you know, get on a stage and be myself uh, in front of a group of people, you know, in my own words, that maybe it would help me be more myself and more, you know, interesting as an actor. And what I found was that I really liked being myself more than I liked being someone else. Um, and so the stand-up comedy sort of made me realize that I, you know, I enjoyed making people laugh. I enjoyed writing. I enjoyed, um, you know, performing sort of in a more, um, you know, I don't know, individual way, kind of like, you know, just kind of up there on stage, kind of telling uh, my stories. And so that's kind of what made me find comedy and, uh, also what made me go broke <laughs> because you don't you do not get paid to do stand-up comedy when you are just getting started yeah I know it's crazy in fact you are often paying people to let you perform <laughs> on their stage um, and so um, you know after three years of kind of doing that and finding uh, that I couldn't really uh, make a living doing that uh, you know mom and dad were right um, I uh, got in touch with an old colleague from Georgia Tech who was working at Google and uh, recommended me for a position there. And um, I just, you know, it was kind of a, sort of a desperate move because I really had no other choice. I really needed to get a job. And lucky for me, my, my fallback career was Google. For me, it was kind of, you know, getting that call that I got the job was kind of bittersweet because on the one hand, you know, I was, you know, it was, it was great for me that I was going to be able to pay rent and things like that, but I also felt like I was yet again giving up on a dream that I'd had. It's true what they say about Google. It's one of the best places to work, and I felt comfortable there. I was, you know, I was scared that I wouldn't be able to, you know, get up every morning and go to go to a job again after three years of, of not doing that. Um, but it was, I, I just totally felt comfortable there from the day that I started. It, the team felt like a family to me, and. Um, you know, I met my husband there, a second home, uh, um, and I continued to do comedy on the side. And I would invite my coworkers to uh, come to my shows, and um, I would, you know, write jokes about them. And uh, it was, it was, uh, it was great. And so that's uh, that's kind of what you know what was going on at the time. And um, so you know, when, when this when this notebook came across uh, my desk again, and I saw you know this these ten these tricks to appear smart. I, uh, yeah, I just decided to, to give it a shot and publish it, even though I didn't really have a website or a blog at the time, and I wasn't writing, um, writing for a blog at the time. I was mostly just writing um, stand-up comedy for my performances. Um, so that's kind of what led to it, um, and that that's kind of the whole backstory behind Ten Tricks to Appear Smart Meetings. Is I'll, I'll go into a meeting and I'll do exactly what will make me look like I know what I'm talking about. Um, and so it's kind of an interesting combination of the performance and the corporate and the perfection. And I think that's, that's kind of why it clicked really for me and why I was able to find an audience with it is because it really combines all three of those aspects of myself. So Sarah posts her article at medium.com, a unique online publication that just about anyone can contribute to. And it took off immediately. Just how much so, we'll get to that right after the break.
Season 2 of Freelance to Founder is brought to you by Andco. At Andco, they pair you with a real-life human being and a cutting-edge app to help you start, manage, and scale your freelance business. With Andco, you can create contracts, send invoices, track time, manage your expenses, and get paid online quickly and simply just by connecting your bank account. The best part of Anco is getting paired with a chief operator, a real human being who's there to help whenever you have questions about your freelance business. To learn more and try Anco free today, visit and.co. That's A-N-D dot C-O. Season 2 is also sponsored by Audioblocks. We use Audioblocks to find unique, quality music for the stories we tell on Freelance to Founder. And now you can get access to their library of over 130,000 sound clips for just 99 bucks per year. Plus, they'll throw in access to their very popular stock video site, Videoblocks, absolutely free. It's all part of their creator-to-creator -creator offer going on right now for a limited time. To grab this offer before it's gone, visit audioblocks.com founders. That's audioblocks.com founders with an S. Now, enjoy the rest of this episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm so excited about this meeting. I'm happy to help. Don't hesitate to contact me at any time. Why don't you forward it to me and I will take a look at it. Oh, I think it went to my spam folder. I wrote back to you, but then I forgot to hit send. I completely agree with you. you know, I appreciate the feedback. That meeting was really productive. You know, it feels like we're really changing the world. You know, I'm gonna wrap that up probably this afternoon. Oh, it's like 90% done. I'm gonna wrap that up uh, later this evening, you know, when everyone's gone. I'm actually gonna take it home and do it tonight. That's a really good idea. I appreciate all your suggestions on my performance. This company is like my family. I wanna hear all about your weekend. I wanna hear about your vacation. I wanna hear about your doctor's appointment. You know, I wanna hear more about your kids. I am so excited about this retreat. I mean, five days in the woods with my coworkers. It's exactly what I need. This was fun. That was another excerpt from one of Sarah's videos, the equally funny lies we tell ourselves at work. There's a heavy dose of sarcasm in everything Sarah does, but it's not over the top. I noticed this and pointed it out to her. There's a lesson in here on developing your audience too, if you think just a little bit about it. Um, I didn't notice that about my own work until somebody pointed it out. I think it might have been uh, my publisher or someone who I had been talking to um, noticed that nothing I did was ever mean or didn't really put people down. Um, and I never noticed that before, but I think, you know, that goes back a little bit to my um, my design background and, and, and just trying to figure out how what I'm writing is going to affect someone. And I, if I write something that I think I'm, you know, making fun of someone that doesn't really deserve to be made fun of, or I'm being angry, and you know, the the feeling that people are going to get from this is they're going to be angry as well. Uh, that you know that that doesn't um, that isn't some that isn't the emotion that I want to elicit. And so um, I think I didn't notice that that was true about my work until somebody mentioned it. But now that now that after they mentioned it, I was like, yeah, that is that is true. I, I don't. Um, I don't want to, I, I think that's also why uh, corporate humor is so difficult and even writing the book and trying to come up with other books that were similar titles, you know, people trying to create corporate humor, you, you definitely sense the anger and the frustration and the cynicism in it um, and sometimes the hopelessness. Um, 
And uh, sometimes I do get people saying, you know, this is, uh, you know, this made me laugh, but it also made me cry, you know, things like that. Do you write much? Sean McCabe from episode one encourages everyone to write a little bit every day. No focus on a certain number of words, just get your thoughts down in writing. But it doesn't pay much oftentimes. What if you were Sarah? What if you had written a post that went viral, giving you not only extreme attention, but a potential book deal? What would you have done? Would you still have dabbled while keeping your day job? Would you have left even sooner than Sarah did? Maybe you could benefit by listening to what Sarah says about how to go about making that decision. Um, well, when I was getting um, a lot of uh, good feedback on the post and it was getting shared and, it, you know, I think it had like a million views within a few weeks and, um, you know, that's when it really hit me like, oh, there's something here that I can write about that um, people really seem to like and, and I know very well because I am in this corporate world. Um, and so that's when I just decided to start the CooperReview.com, um, which would be my sort of own outlet for um, writing all of, all of these different um, posts on topics like email and meetings and how to nod in meetings and just all the kind of random things um, that I wanted to write about. I, um, I didn't know that it would lead to me um, leaving my job, but I think after you know several months of, of doing that on the side, I um, started to get or started to sort of realize that my passion for writing was um, outweighing my passion for what I was doing at work and uh, being a manager and being a lead for a team means that you have to not only be passionate about what you're doing but you have to motivate a lot of other people to be excited about what they're doing as well and um, I started to feel kind of like a fraud because I was, you know, going to work and, and kind of going through the motions, but what I really wanted to be doing was focusing on writing. And um, so six months after the post came out, I, I decided finally to leave Google, uh, but the decision was extremely hard and, you know, everybody thought I was crazy and, you know, why, you know, if you, if you can't be happy at, at Google, you know, there's no chance that you'll ever be happy doing anything. Um, but I, I just realized that the risk of, of staying and not trying um, was a bigger risk to me than not um, giving it a shot um, and not doing something that I was I was really excited about. Even though I didn't really know what I was going to be doing, I didn't have a book deal at the time. You know, I had a website that I just started. Um, I didn't know how I was going to be making money. I, you know, I really had no idea. But um, I knew that if I wanted to go back to Google, I you know I probably would be able to if I really you know if it really didn't work out. Um, so when I left, it wasn't like, you know, I'm done. I don't need this job anymore. It was more like, well, let me give this a try and maybe I'll be back, but maybe I won't. You know, it was, it was, it was definitely more, um, you know, there was, there was more trepidation in it than, than just like, oh, I'm done. I'm done with Google. I, I really did think that maybe within a year I'd be back at Google. Well, I'm trying to um, stay true to the spirit of why I left my job, which was to um, pursue things that I was really, really excited about. And a lot of times you have to uh, balance what you can get paid for with you know, what you're really excited about. And so 
um, the book was a great thing because that kind of like, oh, I, I could, you know, this is something I'm excited about and I want to do and I'm getting paid for. So that's great. Um, and, you know, luckily for me, I have an amazing uh, literary agent who already sold my next book. And so I'm working on the next book um, now, uh, which is going to be another parody, a sort of a parody of, of all the business books that tell you that there's a silver bullet magic tr- to success that you if you just follow these three things that you will you know be as rich as you know Steve Jobs or whatever um, and so I'm excited about that um, but I'm also getting more excited about um, you know storytelling and sort of taking some of these uh, characteristics that I put into posts and sort of turning them into characters um, and sort of uh, you know being a, a bit more narrative uh, with what I'm doing um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's something that I'm, I'm pursuing while I'm also um, writing the book. And then I'm also starting to um, bring on writers for the Cooper Review. So I'm starting to expand it into something where other people will, will be contributing to it as well. And, you know, that's kind, of, uh, that's kind of the ultimate goal, I think, for me is to create something that does have a life of its own and can keep going and keep, um, you know, bringing in new people and, and, and you know, giving, you know, laugh, laughing, uh, <laughs> laughing fits to people at work who really, really need the relief, um, you know, even beyond uh, when I might not want to write about corporate humor anymore, but, you know, still want to, you know, still want to keep this going. Um, because I think a lot of the things that, you know, I wrote about uh, were directly related to my life in the corporate world. But as I'm not really in the corporate world anymore, I find that there's a lot of other things I'd like to write about as well. Uh, um, And I don't want to ignore that because, I mean, that's another thing that I think is really um, awesome about uh, storytelling and and stand-up comedy is that, you know, your material evolves as you evolve. The way that, you know, you know you have a career that you never have to give up is that it changes as you change and it grows as you grow. And so um, that's the ultimate goal is to to do something that is sustainable that will grow with me and and change with me as I do. Hey, Sarah, any final words of wisdom or advice for our freelance to founder listeners who are writers? Um, I would say try to observe yourself and watch what you think about and the thoughts that you gravitate towards when you're supposed to be doing something else. Um, you know, because when I was supposed to be paying attention in meetings, I was, you know, making these little notes and I was making these observations and I didn't pay attention to that. I thought, oh, I wanted to be an actress when I was little, so I better go try to be an actress now. And I kind of forced that and it really took me sort of a roundabout way to like go back to that notebook that I wrote nine years ago, um, where that's kind of what I was sort of thinking about when I was supposed to be doing something else. And that's the thing about anything that's creative. It has to be something that you just sort of naturally do and don't really have to force yourself to do. Um, you know, it takes it takes a little bit of, of effort to like, you know, make sure to create something. But you it has to be a topic or it has to be a, an outlet that just, you know, you gravitate towards naturally. And those things won't feel like work and they won't feel like you're forcing something and you won't feel like you're, okay, it's Saturday morning now, I gotta be creative, I gotta go do the thing that's supposed to, you know, make me, you know, uh, explore this creative outlet. You know, it shouldn't shouldn't be like that. You know, any kind of downtime you have at work, any kind of like, you know, um, 
uh, you know, sort of daydreaming, any kind of notes you're making in the margins. What are those things that you're doing? You know, notice those things and see if there's something there that you're just sort of doing without realizing it and kind of follow that because I think that that is, that is kind of where your heart is and where, and, and where your outlet could be. And that is Sarah Cooper, author of 100 Tricks to Appear Smart in Meetings and the Cooper Review blog. What a great guest. Next up, our eighth and final episode of Season 2 of Freelance to Founder. I'm joined by Fizzle founders Chase Reeves and Corbett Barr. Smarter, more entrepreneurial people would probably say, why are you doing that? But again, the devil shows up and is like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think uh, it, the, the other insight there for me is I, I really trust that part of me. You do not want to miss that episode. And listeners, remember, you can subscribe to our show through your favorite podcast listening app and by visiting us at FreelanceToFounder.com. Season 3 will be an exciting one as well. If you're enjoying our podcast, I hope you'll head over to iTunes and leave a review. Ratings and reviews are the way other freelancers find the show on iTunes, and we'd love to hear your feedback. Feel free to shoot me an email anytime as well at Brandon at Millo.co. Thanks for listening. For Millo, I'm Brandon Hull. Join us next time.